once saw another one of the creatures climbing up a slope, holding something between its hands. It said its hands were joined, but it's using its legs to go up this slope. Like you ever see like when a raccoon yeah. like finds something yummy yes. and it scoops in its hands and it hops <laughs> away walking on, on two feet. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we are going to be highlighting stories from Brazil and South America. My stuff extends a little bit, partially inspired by something so super cool, someone so super cool, that you may have seen some stuff about on our social media. Yeah, in the last couple of weeks, we posted this everywhere because I think both of our minds were pretty blown. There is an artist who listens to this show named Fabricio Martins, uh, at F. Martusi. On Instagram, check the show notes for mm-hmm. links to uh, to the page. But uh, no, Fabrizio did this like digital artwork of Kristen and me, making us look like I don't, heroes like, from like a comic book. Yeah, we have like badass like Indiana Jones occult adventurers. Yes, we we are in like these catacombs and we are exploring. It, it is it guide was- to the unknown, interpreted as. Like, yeah, an an adventure story. It was so cool. And he said that he wanted to make it look like an old VHS cover or an old comic book cover and mission accomplished, I think. Oh, 100%. We were so flattered and so blown away. It was a complete surprise and just so cool. Yeah. And Fabrizio is from Brazil, suggested that we should cover some uh, stories Mm -hmm. from Brazil, even made a couple of suggestions, which I will be digging into later in the episode. But yeah, uh, this one is for you, Fabricio. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, for also expanding our horizons into talking about stories straight out of Brazil. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for all of the above. Yeah. So I think I'm going to kick us off talking about some cryptids from Brazil. And like I said, a little bit outside of there in South America, too. So... Will, we know of some of these cryptids and we've spoken about them before. Like we did the chupacabra. We did the chupacabra, sure. Um, I know that you're going to talk a bit, I believe, about the kooka. You know, I, I well, here's the thing that really pinged it for me. Uh, you know, we're talking about things that are distinctly from Brazil. And we've done this a few times where we looked up like the, the United States yes. and which state listens to us the least. Mm-hmm. So we covered, you know, Alaska. Alaska, what, what? Right. And like super fun. But so when I was thinking about covering stories out of Brazil distinctly as a country, as a region, I, in my research, kept coming up with uh, uh, El Coco Mm -hmm. or uh, El Cuca, depending on how you uh, refer to the creature. And I realized that we actually covered this way back in episode one yes. of Guide to the Unknown. Yes. And it was one of my favorite things of all time because we were covering the boogeyman and different incarnations of the boogeyman in countries around the world. And so El Coco came up right at the start of Guide to the Unknown and it allowed me to read an old nursery rhyme, which was sleep, child, sleep. Um, the Coco is coming and he will eat you. <laughs> And it's just so there's like a bluntness to it and a it's translated of course but it's just so wonderful and so I considered doing a deeper dive into uh El Coco the Cuca yeah. here but then I but then in researching what Fabricio had suggested I slowly started going into a different rabbit hole. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it doesn't matter anyway, because I was just basically saying we've covered a little bit of this before. So we found some some cool new things. And I'm going to start us off with a creature called the Ipupiara. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a mer creature that was seen in the 1500s. And something that I thought was interesting about 
the cryptids that I looked up, and I don't think it's specific to Brazil. I think this is a common cryptid thing. But they would be seen for a certain amount of time. It's not like necessarily Nessie, where that's a kind of an outlier because people say they seem Nessie even now and yeah. have been since maybe the 1500s. I'm, I'm not sure. A lot of these are like, this was just the 1500s. It was just the 1800s. And so... I think that's interesting for a couple of reasons. It could be that, let's say, what if this thing was real and maybe that was its lifespan mm -hmm. and that's why they haven't seen it anymore. Or it could have maybe been an animal that they didn't understand at first and they are there are less sightings of like, oh, it's this crazy thing because they know to call it like a snake. Yeah, exactly. Now, now it's whatever. a normal thing. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and this one falls under that category where I am pretty damn sure I know what just straight up animal this is. I didn't make it up. Other people have said it too. But like when you think about it with this animal in mind you're like oh of course it's that they're just not used to seeing it it is pretty funny like i can imagine a children's book where you describe commonplace animals as horrifying yeah it had a snake on its face and wings on either side of its head oh it's an elephant oh yes right yeah, yeah. absolutely so the ipupiara kind of falls under that so i'm just gonna say off the bat they thought it was a mer creature in the 1500s and there is one account from a portuguese jesuit priest named fernando cardem who traveled around brazil and documented like geography and life and stuff and wrote it down and he said that this thing takes the form of a man or a woman very bin binary cryptid um and that when it's a man and the men are tall with deep set eyes and the women are beautiful with long hair. Now, other accounts of them from other people have them sounding more like an animal. That sounds like a human creature yeah. that has some sort of weird property. Other people say that it's an animal with short brown fur, whiskers, a tall fin and a blowhole. A tall fin. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing that throws me off. Okay. But I'm going to spoil it here. People seem to think this is a sea lion. And okay. I think that they are yeah. correct. That's basically what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. But let's go back to Fernando Cardim, that priest who says that they are like humanoid things. He describes the way they kill. And this is like, who boy. The way it kills is by embracing the person very strongly, kissing them and squeezing them so tightly that it breaks them without tearing them apart. When it senses they are dead, it emits several groans, as if from emotion, and flees, leaving them behind. If it takes anything, it eats only the eyes, nose, fingertips, and toes, and genitalia, and so they are found on the beach looking ordinary, except for the missing parts. Which is to say, not ordinary at all. I know. First of all, not ordinary <laughs> No eyes, at no all. nose, no fingertips. That's still a My lot God, of things. My God, he looks fine. That's a lot of things to be missing, even he's though it's perfect. not like the whole body. What a perfect specimen. Good God, he's pristine if it weren't for the missing fingers, toes, eyeballs, nose, and genitals. Like tons of stuff. <laughs> and also... My God! <laughs> he looks fantastic. <laughs> This sounds like perhaps some weird, like, priest-suppressed sexuality stuff. It embraces them very tightly and kisses them mm -hmm. until it breaks them apart and emits several groans. Yeah. Our, our Me thinks that Fernando Cardim. Yeah. Had some other stuff going on. He's said too much. Yes. Um, I wonder, is kissing and embracing, is that... 
biting? Is that sinking fangs? See, I don't know what's going on with Fernando Cardim. Yeah, this is a real... other accounts, at least you can be like, oh, okay, so that's like an animal that was like walking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that this happened. Oh, you're talking about a floppy animal that flopped around and bit someone. Got it. Right. Not this is... it embraces and kisses its victim. Yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> it emits several loud moans. <laughs> a magister isn't a sort of priest, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> William is doing a character called Magister Blackwell. Right that there. I wrote. Yes. And yet I have zero idea what a magister is. <laughs> Illuminati, Night of the Twisted Men is available now. Yes. It's a, an old radio drama that I wrote starring Kristen. Yeah. Um, it's from 2014. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm not um, sure if it holds where up. Where is it available? On the feeds for Book Club Schmook Club. Okay. Like we just released it publicly. I yeah, think. just Google Illuminati Night of the Twisted of... Men. You'll probably find it. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. It's Illuminati. Like you mm-hmm. know, naughty boy. Like naughty. Like a naughty Illuminati. A naughty Jesuit priest. Yeah. Um. So. There's that account. And then also natives to Brazil also said that some people died just by looking at them oh. and no one who encounters one escapes alive. Now, with the knowledge <laughs> now you that can I go am to the zoo. pretty darn tootin' <laughs> that this is a sea lion. Yeah. yeah. Look, I don't want to make fun of anybody who died. Right. But if that's true, that they saw a sea lion mm-hmm. and then died of fright. Yeah. It's uh it's odd. A sea lion is pretty much a walrus, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's like an even cuter, sleeker walrus. Like it doesn't have like big tusks. Even cuter. <laughs> so walruses are cute. They are cute, I think, right? And the sea lion is even cuter. Yeah, like in um in 51st states, doesn't he feed walruses? Yeah, I think so. They're cute. Yeah. Hey, uh, Father, F- what's his name? Father? Uh, Fernando Cardem. Father Fernando Cardem. Didn't he also say that they're like tall and... Yes. Handsome. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. A tall man with dark, deep set eyes and a beautiful woman with flowing hair. She's beautiful. And you take one look and they kill you because of how scared you are, I guess. I think Father Cardim was. I know. That's what I'm saying. Father Cardim was full of sin because he's talking about like hotties. Yeah. And then that procedure sounds <laughs> awfully sexy. The sexiest of all fish mammals. Right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. We we leave Father Cardim now. That that's his account, and then all other accounts differ. All other accounts. Most differ. of my questions are about him. I know. I wish I had more to tell you. I had to look up who he was because I didn't understand. I was like, it was like contextless. I was like, why is a priest writing about this? So I had to go to like a wiki page and then translate it to English and like right. try to figure out this guy's deal. Yeah, there's only one known photograph of him, and it's on his wedding day. <laughs> And he is hand in fin <laughs> with a beautiful, beautiful itchapoopy. What's this called? <laughs> Ipupiara. Ipupiara. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, people are terrified of this thing and they, they drop dead, basically. Right. Now, there is a conflicting account from a man named Balthazar Fiera. Uh, I'm sorry. Fiera. Sorry, guys. Sure. Um, about killing an Opupiara. Upu- oh, okay. And here is what he says happened. I guess just Ferrera. Why am I saying it funny? Ferrera. Um, I hope it's that. So anyway, what, what he said happened was that a slave went to Ferrera in the middle of the night, freaking out that she'd seen a monster by the sea, um, and that it was moving in a weird way side to side. 
and letting out screams. Again, I think this was a floppy doppy yeah. sea lion. They waddle like, on land. Boop, boop, boop. It was a happy, you know. Not for much longer. Oh. I know. I didn't go into it too much. It was a little bit of a graphic account that I really? cut short. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's walking weirdly side to side, making a... And she was terrified of it. So Ferreira wrote her off and told her she was nuts. And she, he said, like, go back and double check before I get out of bed to check this thing out. So she did that. And she came back and said it was so ugly and freaky that this thing must be a demon, actually. <laughs> so now Aww. he springs into action mode. He jumps out of bed, grabbed a sword and went out in his jammies. They specified that he didn't change his bed clothes. Um, sure that it was going to be a normal area, uh, animal, and that this one was just like hysterical and whatever. Um, but what he found was a monster. He said it stood up like a man leaning back on his, its fins and blocking his path. And so Ferreira slayed it with his sword and brought it to the village for people to see. Wow. And so if it's not real, what is it? The theories are that it is indeed a sea lion that followed a cold current and ended up in Brazil. Because yeah. it's not a normal place for them to be. So I can see why people would be like, what the hell is that? Yeah. But um, it's not, it likely is not an actual cryptid. It but is interesting. there's still stories about this thing, the Upupiara. Particularly in, in bygone eras where you don't have access to the internet and mm-hmm. photographs. Of animals. If one just happens to make its way to a place where it's not common to be otherwise, ever, anyone there would be like, what the hell is that? I, you know, even and it's though, like a chicken, you know, but they're like, ew, what? Gross. <laughs> even though I was laughing about the idea of somebody seeing a sea lion and being like, huh, huh, and falling down dead, I was thinking like, if it was something I had never seen before, I'm sure I would be scared as shit. Oh, I would be very scared of some animal yeah. that... I'm not used to seeing Totally, yes. Yeah. Um, So let's move on to another cryptid. This is the Minho cow. Okay. And it is basically a sandworm. This is a giant subterranean uh, serpent that tunnels underground and caused lots of destruction, but it has not been spotted since the 1800s. Again, does this mean that it's not a thing? Right. Or you know, or like never was a thing, or is it that it was a thing but it was extinct? We're not really sure. And I was thinking about the fact that you watched Tremors recently. Yeah. So sandworms kind of come up in that. Well, they very much come up in that. Oh yes. And then in the first episode of the second season of The Mandalorian, yeah. there was like a giant sandworm that they Big called the Great Dragon. That's right. So sandworms aplenty. So here is how this thing is supposed to look. It's described to have skin that's as hard as tree bark, a pig-like nose thick scales on top of that skin and movable horns on its head then there are varying reports of how big it is going by the furrows it creates underground it might be up to 10 feet wide it's supposed to be some sort of amphibian so either mostly living like living its days in the water or mud but then traveling under the ground and causing a lot of destruction it's said to have a loud roar and be strong enough to pull livestock underwater that's wild yes so the first sightings were in the early 1800s when a woman in brazil went to a pool to collect water and saw the pool was all messed up and saw a creature that she described as as big as a house crawling away Then there was another guy who saw a huge pine tree fall over for seemingly no reason. And when he went to investigate, he saw the earth moving in a huge black worm-like creature. 
Similar sightings continued throughout the decade, seemingly ending with an account from an English explorer named Percy Fawcett, who was in the area in the 1920s. So a lot of people... Like, you know, that priest, this dude, there are people who their whole job was like explorer of South America and like documenter and everything. And I kind of forgot about the idea of like a British guy wearing like, you know, tan clothes and a pith helmet, like walking through a jungle. Yes. Like investigating stuff. I forgot that. Trying to figure out what the hell's been going on out here. Yeah, right. I totally forgot that. Well, who are you? Why don't you leave us alone? Right. We're just doing our thing. But I guess you're Percy Fawcett, so you have to do your thing too. Yeah. Uh so here is what he said. He said that they talk here of another river monster fish or beaver, which can in a single night tear out a huge section of riverbank. The Indians report the tracks of some gigantic animal in the swamps bordering the river, but allege it has never been seen. And so there are some people who think that he is talking about this creature there. There are some people who say that he's talking about just like a commonplace animal. So if it's not real, what is it? Yeah. It could be kind of a folklore explanation for natural occurrences like earthquakes and plates shifting. Huh. It kind of could be as simple as that, or it could be that it's being mistaken for some other animal. That's very interesting. But yeah, like, you know, seeing um, the ground have these like just all of a sudden rise up or the ground rising up and knocking over trees and rather than at the time maybe knowing or understanding that things are shifting within the ground or there's an earthquake or something like that. You're familiar with animals causing destruction on land, so maybe it's an animal causing destruction under the land. Yeah, that's fascinating. And it's scary. That that would be terrifying. Absolutely. Like, you go to a pool to gather some water or something, and it's, like, all destroyed. Like, how the hell could this have possibly happened? Can't even wrap your mind around it. Totally. So the last one I want to talk about is something I have never heard of before. And there was it was one of these things where there was kind of weird, conflicting information about it on the internet. And a lot of it seemed to be coming from one source, which was an obscure, very short website that people seem to have taken and run with. So I'm going to have like two stories seemingly about the same things and the same people by name experiencing those things. But completely different accounts of what happened. Wow. So this is called, and I'm only going to use this name for them once. Um, I think that this is the proper, quote unquote, way to use this word. But I know people use it in a derogatory way. Um, But my understanding is that when you're talking about it in terms of folklore or fantasy, it is a correct word. But I'm just going to, so they're called Venezuelan hairy dwarves. Oh, And I'm just going to refer to them as creatures. Okay. Beyond that. Just in just in case. Um, and I really, really apologize. I'm definitely not trying to be flip about it if even saying that is like, you know, right. insensitive. So these are hairy humanoids that were actually originally reported as extraterrestrials in the early days of UFO sightings. So what I saw was that apparently and totally unsubstantiated beyond like this one website that most reports of UFOs and extraterrestrials originally were reports of hairy small creatures and that those eventually the tide turned and people started reporting the grays that were more familiar with more and more that became kind of like the hot alien to report. So I read that and I was like, cool. I had no idea. That's really neat and couldn't find any more evidence of that. So I don't know that that is true. It's a fun idea. I know. I think it's a really neat idea. Yeah. Um, And so these aren't from Brazil. This is kind of from South America and Venezuela um, specifically. Uh, 
So I know that there is a viewpoint, which I want to dig into a little bit deeper, actually. Um, there's a viewpoint that Bigfoot is an extraterrestrial and that he's not just strictly he or they, you know, the yeah. are like not strictly like animal native to the earth cryptids that are just hard to like nail down. There's an idea that I think is really interesting that I don't know well enough to articulate super well that they are extraterrestrials and or interdimensional beings. And that's mm. why it's hard to get, you know, in, um, evidence of them. Right. So I guess this kind of folds into that, but I didn't see anything that was as specific as saying like, actually people used to report small hairy creatures as, aliens all the time and then the tide turns so i don't know about that yes that's the thing somebody commented on this article that i've linked in the show notes that maybe um george lucas got some inspiration for ewoks and or chewbacca from the idea of there being these like hairy aliens in spacecrafts maybe maybe i I truly i've heard this would be fun for an episode i've heard uh counter evidence of like well chewbacca was inspired by george lucas's dog mm-hmm. and it was basically like what if i could fly around a spaceship and my dog was my co-pilot and my friend that and then great. i think that even in return of the jedi the plan was to originally go to the wookie planet of kashik hmm. uh, but that got scrapped i've always wondered i don't know if somebody said this to me or if i always just assumed this is what happened it's probably it probably costs a lot to make a bunch of wookies yeah but if you cut the costume in half you could have twice as many creatures running around, therefore Ewoks. I mean... That sort of is just what I always assumed happened there. It's not a bad assumption, yeah. honestly. You can make two Wookiees for every... Or two Ewoks for every one Wookiee. It's right. Ewok. Yeah. You know, Wookiee. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's sort of what I always... that before. Sort of what I always assumed. Like, have like an inside joke behind the scenes? Maybe. I have no idea. Ewok, Wookiee. I truly, I don't even know if I made this up myself or if I heard it somewhere or I dreamed it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I like it either way. From the mouths of babes. And I am a babe. That's right. So the first sighting that I'm going to talk about, actually, no, let me say this first. I'm going to say how they described um, the the creatures first before I, I talk about the two sightings. So there are two men whose names are Gustavo Gonzalez and Jose Ponce, who have been said to see these creatures who kind of gave the account that seems to be referenced most of what they look like. So they are said to have straw-like brittle hair that's blonde to red. And if they're not well, it can fall out in patches. There was also a fan fiction element to one of these sites. Like they were talking, I'll get to it. If they're not well, it can fall out in patches, revealing pale green skin that flakes off in yellowish green dust if they're in bad shape. They have wide trapdoor-like mouths with no teeth because they don't eat. So this is where I was like, this just feels like fan fiction because how do you know they don't eat? Um, And even further, fiction-y, but if they are in a battle with other extraterrestrials, they mount a laser weapon in their mouth cavity to shoot at the other extraterrestrials. This is stupid. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They have triangular pupils. And they have spikes coming out of their hands and feet, allowing them to grip and scale things vertically. Sure know a lot about these. Yeah, a whole lot. How do you know about their fights with other... How do you know they had a fight with other extraterrestrials? 
And so this site, it just didn't, it just said it like facts. It didn't have context. Like we know this because it was all information on a single page. Yeah. Not that much. And I just, I just wrote it down. We hold I'm these just, truths to be self-evident. Right. I'm just, they have trapdoor mouths that they use to hold lasers, not food. I'm just the scribe, man. I'm just the, just the messenger. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so now let's talk about what happened the first story of what happened to these two dudes the first story is that gustava i'll use their last names gonzalez and Ponce were on a hunting trip and they came across four of the creatures trying to force two other men into a spacecraft one of them either Ponce or gonzalez hit one of the creatures with the butt of his rifle and it splintered and broke like he hit something super hard which well, i think is awesome that's cool yeah that it looks like just like i don't know like or, uh, an organic creature like a an animal or whatever or a humanoid thing and so you would think it's flexible and soft because it's moving that way and then you hit it with something and it breaks that thing wouldn't that also require you to be swinging so hard that yes, you could for shatter the right that's kind of crazy i will say in both these stories these dudes seem very aggressive yeah so i don't know which one is which but also the ante gets upped in the second story where i'm like what why'd you do that um they also so they had seen these creatures trying to drag two other dudes onto a spacecraft and they described that craft as being spherical with a laser light coming out of a small tube the website said that a captured specimen of this has hutches for the creatures and seem to have limited capabilities, probably just transporting abductees to another location rather than like your workhorse vehicle. Okay. I don't know. It wasn't clear to me that this website was like fan fiction-y. It seemed to be like a cryptid um, database. Yes. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So that website is what it seems like a lot of people draw from if they're talking about these hairy creatures. Because, first of all, there's not a lot about them on the internet. I don't think they're like one of the big boys or anything. And a lot of them were other podcast episodes oh. talking about this as a segment. And I didn't listen to the podcast so as not to unconsciously pilfer from them. Right. But I did click on the episode descriptions because I was like, oh, I want to see what they say in the summary about it. Is there another source I'm not getting? And multiple of the podcasts quoted from that website, like word for word. And I didn't see a lot that seem to divert from it. So that seems to be the predominant story, even though it's so short. Yeah. So I wanted more. I was like, I don't understand this. What do you mean this happened? So I decided rather than Googling the name of, you know, the Venezuelan things that I would Google the names of those dudes who said they encountered them and see if there were any interviews with them or anything like that. So I Googled the names, uh, Gustavo Gonzalez and Jose Ponce. And then I got more information. Huh. So I found completely different accounts of what happened or one completely different account. And this is on a couple of different websites. So in November 1954, the men were driving a van around 2 a.m. to a warehouse to pick up some pork products like uh, wholesale to sell at a street market later in the day when all of a sudden the street in front of them was like blown up like it was daytime. It got super, super bright, um, illuminated by a hovering sphere. So they got out to go investigate and they saw this small hair covered creature. Now, Gonzalez said that first he felt like he couldn't move, like whatever it was, like kind of froze him. And when that feeling passed, he decided to go and grab the being and tried to bring it into his van. Oh, 
What? That I will keep you now. Yes, you are mine now. Um, I'm going to take you home. <laughs> and so along the same lines as like it not feeling the way you would expect it to, like a rifle kind of cracking on it or splintering yeah, yeah. on it, he said that the creature was way lighter than he expected. He picked up and was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that it was hella strong and that it fought back, knocking Gonzalez down. So he said then that he felt like he was in a trance again. And when that trance broke, the creature pounced at him like a cat and he instinctively took out his scout knife to stab the creature, but it didn't penetrate at all. Oh, So it's extremely light and also still super hard. Yeah. Um, during the scuffle, more beings came out of the craft to see what's going on. Meanwhile, Ponce saw another one of the creatures climbing up a slope, holding something between its hands. It said its hands were joined, but it's using its legs to go up this slope. Like you ever see like when a raccoon yeah. like finds something yummy yes. and it scoops in its hands and it hops <laughs> away walking on, on two feet? Exactly. So when the creature saw that Ponce had seen it, it jumped from the slope into a chute that was coming out of the craft, sliding down into the craft, and then coming out of the front of the craft with another being, ah. like for backup. This one was carrying something long and metallic that emitted a blinding light. So it took out this thing, blinded Ponce and Gonzalez, and then the creatures all got back in the craft and took off. We got to cheese it, boys. Yeah. Ponce and Gonzalez ran to a nearby police station. To <laughs> the hell are the police going to do? <laughs> what, that poor okay. sleepy cop in the middle yeah. of the night. What? Like 2.30 a.m. Wait, what did you see? <laughs> well, it, you are they gone? <laughs> I don't have, have to, to go, go out look, there? right? Well, that cop might not have been that surprised, Will, because it turned out that they had gotten reports of weird UFO-y disturbances right around that same time. People in the area were hearing weird noises and seeing weird lights and calling them in. Oh, God. Do you have a year approximate for this? Uh, 1954. 54. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's that's interesting. Uh, this story is bonkers. Yes. I like the idea that Gonzalez could have been the first person to abduct an alien. That's your <laughs> instinct? Why is that your first move? Crazy to me. He yeah. charged it and picked it up to try to bring it in the van? Mm -hmm. um, the detail of Ponce seeing a little alien scurrying up a hill. Yep. And then the alien, I guess, senses like, Someone's, Someone's watching looking me. at me. Turns around. The 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 feeling of like because I think we all have this experience to a certain extent of have you ever been outside at night or heard a noise outside, peeked out your window, or like you know like quietly like looked around a bush, be like what the hell did I just hear down there? One of my worst fears in that instance is of whatever happened, mm -hmm. a person going, hey, they see us, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now I'm a target right. for for witnessing. Or something like that. The idea that that alien was just like, he saw. Right. I got to get him. Goes running into a chute. Hops into a tube. Thunk. Like a pneumatic tube at the bank. Yeah, right. Thunk. Right. Thunk. Thunk. Like a lollipop. A few of them come out with a flashlight, I guess. Yeah. It was like a mag light. <laughs> Swing it in your face. Yeah. <laughs> and then they blast off to outer space. What a, what a wacky night. What a rush. What a riot. <laughs> 
When you started the story, by the way, what, was, what were their names? Ponce and Gonzalez. Ponce and Gonzalez. You started the story by saying uh, that it was about two guys named Gonzalez. And I, like, <laughs> I was like, both of them had the same name? Whoa. Oops. This is already a cool story. <laughs> I'm already in. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> um, all right. I'm all right. actually going to sort of continue from there in a moment. Fabulous. Yeah, which is bizarre. Excellent. But before we do that, let's tell our listeners about a really awesome podcast that is new to me, not really new to the scene, yeah. that I think you guys should check out called Kill by Kill. Kill by Kill. It's a good name, right? Yeah. From the biggest slasher franchises to those underseen genre gems, writer Patrick Hamilton and critic Gina Radcliffe open up all the gory details about horror's least discussed topic, the characters. From oversexed camp counselors to teens with bad sleep habits and even worse dreams, Kill by Kill gives every character a moment to shine in the order in which they're snuffed out. Kill by Kill has spilled the guts and the tea about the entire Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street franchises and covered flaming prom queens, killer kids, and the bodies left behind by Arnold Schwarzenegger's commando, by the way. This year, the body count continued into season three with guests including We Hate Movies, Eric Ziska. Glad I gave you that to say. <laughs> Black Christmas screenwriter April Wolf, The Flophouse's Dan McCoy, Vulture's Jordan Cruciola, Hollywood reporter, critic Inko Kang, and YouTuber Patrick H. Willems, among many others. Plus, they're ripping into another frightening franchise, Scream. Right, so... First of all, if you can't tell, they're into a lot of the same things that we're into. Mm -hmm, so if mm -hmm. you are missing Slashtober, which was our October series, you might really enjoy Kill by Kill to get a little bit more of that flavor back and go in another direction with it because we're different people. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I think is so cool about podcasts that people can cover the same topics and have totally different points of view oh, and yeah. give listeners a totally different experience about it. And I love listening to podcasts about yes. the same gd thing over and over from different people oh yeah even though we covered slashtober i've enjoyed listening to kill by kill talk about things like friday the 13th so i really think you will too this is 100 percent my jam it's really good i will go so far as to say if they have not already recorded we should ask them about those scream episodes yes yes i yep. agree um here's something else that will and i are into that they have been diving into and this is actually how i found them new episodes of kill by kill premiere every other friday Plus, they're serving up a new bonus series, Dish by Dish, which covers every delicious episode of TV's Hannibal. Mm, what an awesome show. I know. that. So that was my gateway. Yeah. I hope that this is one of those scenarios, too, where they came up with the idea to do the episode by episode Hannibal watch and then you know, miraculously season four gets announced. Right. Oh that, my God. You know, that happens sometimes yes. when people put attention into something. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I hope the wizards are whispering Me for too. Kill by Kill. So Kill by Kill is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so go check that out. Thank you so much to Patrick and Gina for collaborating with us. And I really think that if you're listening, you will really like their show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, check out Kill by Kill. Yeah. Um, and also, hey, uh, you know, Kristen and I are always up to wacky stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to throw it out there for probably the one millionth time, but deal with me. I'm still pumped. Huntakiller.com slash Blair Witch. If you get a subscription to the Huntakiller Blair Witch series, you're going to be playing a new story in the Blair Witch universe. And what I mean by that is it is an ongoing chapter by chapter, episode by episode story 
that will get delivered to your house every month. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, because it's Hunter Killer, it's full of games and puzzles and riddles, and it's up to you to make sure the story keeps going. You have to solve each episode to get to the bottom of what's going on. And it's a story about a mother who is dealing with the sudden, inexplicable uh, uh, kidnapping of her son, Liam. Uh, Some people say that he ran away. I think we all know the truth. Mm -hmm. But can you help Rosemary figure out what happened? It's so cool. And I want to mention, just in case you couldn't tell... It's a multimedia thing. So it's a game. There mm-hmm. are like tabletop, a lot of physical aspects that are very cool. But like you'll be going online, you'll be listening to things yes. that William produced. Yeah. Um, there are things to look at online. Like it's it's a lot of different stuff. It is so cool. Yeah. It, the story goes way beyond the box, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. There is a, a duo of podcasters that I wrote the episodes for and directed and did the audio for where it is two people who host a uh, short supernatural podcast together and debate about the supernatural. Uh, Spoiler alert, the conversations they have were very much inspired by the conversations Kristen and I have. The topics they discuss were very much inspired by things that we have learned on Guide to the Unknown. There are also references that I wrote to Guide to the Unknown and to Kristen specifically. Yeah which you can find in the Blair Witch box. So Hunter Killer wants you to play that game. Will Rogers has a whole other like Easter egg experience, yeah. <laughs> some more overt than others. I don't want to oversell that, but it's sure. there. It's there. It's fun. Yeah. Um, also, make sure you check out huntakiller.com slash blog mm-hmm. because Kristen is back in the game and writing yeah. really awesome articles for Hunter Killer. Yeah. And I've got some more coming up that I'm really looking forward to getting out there. So right now, there are two articles about the Blair Witch and two articles about horror in general over at huntakiller.com slash blog. But make sure you follow them on social media at Hunter Killer Inc. to see as new stuff comes out and me, honestly, at Chillin' Kristen because I will always share the stuff that I write. Yeah, um, and I want to throw this out there as well. Over on um, Apple Podcasts, I talk a lot about... Um, uh, you know, people being able to like write reviews of the show and everything. And I want to call out a couple of things because in the last week we got a really, really sweet, nice review um, uh, saying, I really appreciate this podcast and its host. This is written by Justin. And I want you to know, Justin, that I read everything you wrote and I found it to be incredibly sweet. Um, And it's sort of about like uh, rediscovering a relationship around guide to the unknown, which is, which is really nice. So um, why don't I, uh, let me, yeah, give me, Yeah, I'll give you some of it. Uh, My younger sister and I were never really close growing up, and it sort of remained the same as we grew older. But around Halloween last year, she came over to my apartment while I was listening to an episode of Guide to the Unknown and said, oh, my God, I love this podcast. Um, And so uh, they eventually say apologies for a long and sappy review, but I really love what you're doing. It brought me closer to my family and friends. Oh my from God. Justin. It is Thank so you. sweet and so wonderful. And um, I'm a very, um, it turns out as I get older, surprisingly sentimental, emotional person. And this review made me very happy. And uh, it, it gave me one of those feelings of like, yeah, we're like, you and I, every week we do this mostly, like I think about like, oh, I've got to research the thing. I've got mm-hmm. to make sure I'm there on time. Mm-hmm. But honestly, when you look back over it, we've spent years researching like fun horror stuff because we like it but it means that you and i 
like dedicated spend time together, which is really nice. And uh, it's not the experience that a lot of people have. Yeah. So uh, I love Guide to the Unknown. It makes me very happy. I love this review, which was very positive. I would love more, but that's not really even the point. Yeah. Although it is the point. I mean, definitely leave us a review. I don't know. Said don't do it. Please. Although reverse psychology. (laughs) Right? You know what? We've got enough reviews. Yeah. I don't need any more, but no. Whatever. Yeah. Shout out to you, Justin. Thank you, Thank you. Uh, so much. That's very uh, wonderful. That's really nice. Yeah. So, all right, let's 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 continue. Because, Kristen, you just started talking about uh, uh, UFOs yes. in the context yes. of Brazil. And so I really want to continue from there because um, broadly, my research is about a couple of topics suggested by Fabricio Martins, mm-hmm. who created that wonderful artwork of us. Um and uh, I, I, I was kind of shocked how they all sort of like doved together, dovetailed yeah. together. Um, Kristen and I, every month, we do a live stream where we plan out the next spate of shows. And um, looking at some of the topics that Fabrizio had suggested, I knew that uh, some of them were excellent fits. And then there were a couple that I was, I, I felt like were um, dead bodies and, and crime cases yeah. in a way. Yeah, interesting, but not necessarily like... Supernatural Guides the Unknowning. Yes. Uh, and yet, in doing research into one of them, I found my way ah, to another of them. Okay. It's, it's really fun. So uh, um, sort of to continue explaining from what you were just talking about, there there is a real history to Brazil and UFOs. Um, there are enough for there to be a specific Wikipedia page just for Brazilian UFO sightings. You know, when he mentioned that on the live stream, it like rang a very distant bell. I don't know a lot about it, but I know that Brazilian UFOs are a thing. Yeah. Um, there's a, This is not the, the big topic, but I, I just thought this was kind of cool and a really fun sort of explanation of uh, how true this is, that um, there is a place called uh, uh, Varginha, Virginha? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Brazil, and they had a, a UFO sighting that started with three young women who allegedly saw a five-foot-tall biped with a thin body, a big head, V-shaped feet, and large red eyes. Their sighting then inspired a number of other sightings. They said that they saw the devil. Uh, when their mother went to go investigate, she found nothing <laughs> except for footprints and the lingering smell of ammonia, oh. which is odd. But so the the sightings spread from there, and gradually, I guess it became enough of a thing that in uh, uh, Virginia, Brazil, now there is their their water tower in town is shaped like a flying saucer. That's so cool. I love it when towns like lean into the idea of there being sightings there. Like, um, well, what came to mind? It's it's fictional, but I was thinking about how um. The town that War of the Worlds is supposed to have taken place right. in um, has like tons of War of the Worlds like plaques and memorabilia. It's awesome. It like it it makes it really exciting mm-hmm. to go to, and I imagine if yeah. you live in one of those places, it's probably like it probably becomes a mundane part of your life. Yeah. Like oh yeah, the it's watchtower like is shaped differently from a regular watchtower. Except man, how cool is that? Yeah. It almost becomes like the centerpiece of your town or something. Yeah. So let's talk now about a large scale string of UFO sightings that launched its own government uh, investigation suggested to us by Fabricio Martins. It was called Operation Saucer. Okay. This event is also known as the Colares UFO Flap. And as I said, it's the name of an investigation. Uh, This is not unlike, I think we've talked in passing about the the idea of Project Blue Book, a code name given 
to an overall investigation of a string of incidents. Uh, so this was conducted by the Brazilian Air Force between 1977 and 1978 at its most basic. It's recent. It's very recent. Yeah, this is only 50 years yeah. ago. Um, at its most basic, the story here is that the uh, people in the Brazilian city of Colares claimed they saw strange lights in the sky and that these strange lights in the sky different from any other UFO story I've ever heard where by and large it's just people notice lights in the sky and go, what is that? Yeah. And it's over. The lights in the sky here shot out at people, hit them, and hurt them. Uh, the beam, this this comes from a Yahoo article. Again, all sources for these things are going to be in the show notes. The beam was about seven or eight centimeters in diameter and white in color. It never hunted for people, but when it hit them, it hit them suddenly. When they tried to scream, no sound would come out, but their eyes remained open. The beam felt hot, almost as hot as a cigarette burn. Um, all of the people that were uh, hit by these things, there's a doctor, Dr. Carvalho, who said all of them had suffered lesions to the face or the thoracic area. Um, Dr. Car Carvalho would also say that she was instructed by the government when when they were when she was put in to like investigate this and talk to people and interview them and get their stories and help them, mm -hmm. was told by the government lie to them about what they experienced. Tell them that they hallucinated. They oh. did not see anything, which is very men in black. Yeah. Right? Like the, yeah. the neuralizer. I know. They wish they could neuralize them. Yeah. Erase, erase your memory. Interesting. The scars themselves that people experienced are said to look like radiation scars, possibly the kind of injuries that you would expect. This is crazy. So yeah. do people really experience this? Yeah. I yeah. guess so, right? It seems yeah. to be the case. Wow. I Like I, I have a number of sources here. Yeah. I've seen photographs um, of, of wounds that people have. Some of them look like they're like, there's one on a person's chest. I think it's like a woman's chest um, just like but almost like in the like between her shoulder and where her neck starts, there's just like like seriously, like a Star Wars sort of like getting shot with a laser rifle yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And so it burns. They say that it burns the way that like a microwave. What the burns. hell is going on? I Kristen I I don't have an answer, but I sort of have like the, the conspiracy answer. Okay, yeah. You okay, know? Yeah. So um one of the things about these these um uh i'm i'm calling them shots mm -hmm. um these like laser burns these light burns is that they also looked like puncture wounds mm -hmm. which is why people started referring to the lights as chupa chupa mm -hmm. think back to your chupacabra yeah. the goat sucker or your very popular uh lollipops from the early 2000s where oh, no those wait, chupa Chupa ch no, I think they were chupa chupas. But they were like very trendy. Maybe you'd remember if you weren't such a dum dum. William, <laughs> good lollipop joke. Some lollipop humor. We're, we uh, we represent the lollipop guild <laughs> here sure on this do. show. We should, you know what I'm talking about? They're like very popular, like trendy lollipops. I do not know what trendy lollipops. I think it was chupa chupas. I don't hang out at the. Uh, <laughs> Where? The candy shop anymore. No, it was like cool people would always be having like a chupa chupa or whatever. Kristen still goes down. To, she like runs with the other children to the candy shop. The candy <laughs> I man. I push them can. out of my way. Yeah. I want to be the first one there. You're big and strong now. Yeah. You're an adult. You can kick those children Finally, out I waited all this time. Yeah. Um, so they called the light Chupa Chupa, which means sucker sucker. Mm. They started to say that these Lollipop. lights. Seriously? Yes. Hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah. Like suckers. I mean, I mean, that must be the thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. But so they started to refer to these lights as vampire lights. That's Some people, cool. there's like a book that referred to them as vampire lights uh, pretty famously. Um, there are uh, reports that refer to, oh, there's there's a large scale investigation the 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 investigation itself the operation saucer documents mm-hmm. are available to download and look at but i don't speak portuguese yeah however evidently within them they reference people being quote unquote infected by spotlights over the course of 1952 which predates your story this is crazy which predates yes, yes. your story where one of those little things flashed a light in someone's eyes all the way to 2009 Oh. Now, infected. Could this be a matter of translating from Portuguese and so some of the more specific meaning being, you know, as you transcode into English, like Mm -hmm. you have to come up with approximates a lot of the time, I imagine. And did we just end up with infected? Is infected the right term? I don't know. I mean, if they have like these... um wounds essentially from them it doesn't seem that far off yeah i guess that's true one of the weird things here is that um according to a site veha.abril.com uh the damage sustained to victims could potentially heal itself in minor cases take the case of daisy orantes carniero who saw quote something like a fire or quote a round building with windows lit And I've seen drawings of this as well, where you almost truly imagine like a squat oval Mm -hmm. that somebody has then drawn rectangles into. The way a child draws draws a skyscraper, Mm -hmm. one tall, thin rectangle with little teeny rectangles to represent the windows. This drawing was almost exactly that. But instead of a tall, thin rectangle shape of a building, a squat oval, like a floating city. That's also like... That's like other accounts of UFOs that we talked about. Like, remember, I, I don't remember who said it. I think it might have been Betty and Barney Hill, where they were talking about like a football shaped thing. Yeah, uh-huh. I feel like a lot of accounts are ovals. Dan Aykroyd, I think, said mm-hmm. this as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there have been a number of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just a reminder, everybody, we have an episode called Dan Aykroyd Believes in Ghosts and UFOs, where Kristen covered ghosts and I covered UFOs, yes. or vice versa. It's a Dan Aykroyd power hour. I'm almost bummed that we've already done that. Doesn't that sound perfect? Yeah, yeah it we was just, really fun. I don't remember anything we said. We should just redo the research and redo that show. I, I <laughs> talked about it a little bit recently to a, a friend because I for some reason I thought about how Dan Aykroyd had like a book all about how much he loves like Clamato. Um, remember that? Like I found it out. It's um, whatever. Oh, it's called a Caesar. Um, that's a Bloody Mary made with Clamato juice. Oh. And it's like the official drink of Canada. So he put together a book about the Caesar. The official drink of Aykroyd's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So this, this woman, Daisy Arantes Carniero um, saw A flying saucer floating out over some trees. In the morning, she woke up to find that her eyes were swollen and looking into the mirror, opaque. Uh. Imagine that to be like, what is your mind's eye conjure? You know, like I really get like that evil dead all white eye. Um, The problem disappeared um, a few days later. I guess and I guess this isn't opaque, but it's more opaque than they usually are. I guess I was thinking about kind of like a call over your pupils and irises. Oh, like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. wash of white over a them. A thin membrane Ugh. over your but yes. eyes. Yeah. But yeah, evidently it was gone a few days later. Wow. So I guess in maybe weaker cases or seeing it from a distance or mm-hmm. I don't know what, but that evidently happened. 
Um, here's one of the more frightening things that really lends itself to, to conspiracy work or I think also mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 years after this event, I believe this is 1994, um, Captain Holanda, who was involved back then, gave an interview to UFO magazine where he told stories about how frightened he and his team were way back when they were investigating the lights. Three months later, he was found dead in his home, having seemingly hung himself with the belt of his bathrobe. Hmm. From there, conspiracy theorists, I mean, pounced all over it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people refer to that event as, you know, supposed co- supposedly committed suicide. It, I think, is worth saying that for a lot of people, they immediately imagine one of two things. Either Captain Holanda was so traumatized that um, possibly due to to mental illness or depression eventually took his own life. I think a lot of conspiracy theorists also love to jump on that as he said something he shouldn't right. have. And they had to silence him, mm-hmm. ignoring the fact that Operation saucers documents are out there for you to download if yeah. you want yeah so they're not really right. hiding anything right um although I, I don't believe what they're saying but i guess you could say there could be more to it than that and it's a little bit of a smoke screen yeah to say oh it's all out there so right it throws you off but i mean i don't think that uh, true right yeah. yeah fair enough um so i mentioned that the um the lights here are also known as vampire lights mm. this is where a twist occurs in my story so one of the other stories that Fabrizio Martins sent to us was about um, the body of a man that was discovered and how horrifically disfigured his body was. You and I looked into it, I, admittedly, sort of like a surface level and imagined it to be more of a true crime sort of case, even if it was, you know, um, a headline grabber or a spotlight. I mean, my personal inclination is usually to to avoid mm-hmm. true crime on this show. Same. Um, but... Maybe I misunderstood because all of a sudden Operation Saucer brought me to that story Hmm. through a a different avenue than I anticipated organically. Um, And it's wild. It's wild. And I do want to say that I, uh, uh, from here, I'm going to say some things that are pretty gruesome. Um, It's also for this purpose that we always link to our our sources in the show notes. I'm going to be linking to a website called WonderCabinet.com. Dot net, mm-hmm. which includes a link to a story called The Most Disturbing Case of Alien Abduction Ever. Oh, okay. The Most Disturbing Case of Alien Abduction Ever. And it's a pretty accurate headline. Believe them? Yes. Okay. The, the article comes with photographs of the body. Mm-hmm. I have seen them all. Mm-hmm. I am not linking directly. You did something really upsetting last week too. You're right. I watched Cannibal Holocaust. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I knew yeah. what I was getting into, and I yeah, fast yeah, forwarded. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, uh, just purely for the sake of uh, clarity, mm-hmm. I am reading from that article. I am not linking to it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You can get to it through the Wonder Cabinet uh, source. I just don't want anybody to stumble yeah, across yeah. something that's really hairy because yeah. it was. It's pretty brutal. Oh man, how were you? Uh, you know. I, I feel okay. Honestly, I viewed it. I I used to be a temp for Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, and my job was to sort through an acquisition they had made of a company that made surgical implements. Mm-hmm. It involved me uh, scouring through like eight hard drives loaded with videos and photos and writing down what they were and what happened. So how am I? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> 
This was nothing. Ugh. This was nothing. Yeah. It was it was for educational purposes, let's say. No, I know. Yeah. But, you know, still. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's all about whether or not you can sort of stomach it or if you mm-hmm. know what you're getting into yeah. is really what I'm saying. So vampire lights. Vampire lights. They refer to the idea that these UFOs are hovering out there shooting lights out at people that are burning them. And in some cases, or I guess in all cases, but I just found this so odd to wrap my mind around, I, they called them puncture wounds and mm-hmm. referred to them as sucking. I don't understand how you yeah. can shoot a light out and it can, I guess light moves so fast. Can it be hitting you? And if I hit, if I shoot you with like a flashlight, mm-hmm. if I'm putting a flashlight beam on you, I guess the idea here is that that's what this UFO is doing. And then they can draw something out of you through the beam. Suck. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, don't understand. Anyway. In 1994, a body was found in the in southern Sao Paulo, Brazil. The autopsy is available online, but as I mentioned, I can't read Portuguese. Uh, pictures are available, though. Mm-hmm. And as mentioned, I saw I'm sure them. they tell a story. Saw them all. Oh, pictures worth a thousand words, right? And I am speechless, <laughs> Kristen. This is this is wild. Okay. Um. Uh. Supposedly, the the um, autopsy refers to this person whose identity uh, uh, I don't have access to. Um, their cause of death was cardiorespiratory arrest caused by extreme pain. Oh, my God. They were alive while the following happened. Oh, God. L- left eye and eyelid removed. Left ear removed. Lips removed. Jaw bone removed, blood sucked out, supposedly, perhaps via a series of, quote, cookie cutter holes on the victim's chest and thighs. Now, I looked at this and I have a very odd frame of reference. Mm -hmm. I have seen the show Six Feet Under. Mm -hmm. I have seen uh, fictional shows where they depict um, mortuary work. And I think that usually where they uh, connect like the formaldehyde tubes tends to be like above pectoral mm-hmm. mu- muscles. Mm-hmm. And I'm also aware that if you nick your thigh, you've got to be really careful depending on how deep you get because a major artery is right there. That's literally all I know because I'm not that smart. You're pretty smart. Thank you. I'm not that uh, – I don't have my um... – Mortuary degree? Uh, yeah, License? I'm, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think I am? Nettie Roach? <laughs> so – I, it's a reference for Kristen and no one else. None of you get to know what that means. Anyway. Who do you think you are? Laura Janine Bowser, who is an awesome chick who I became friendly with, who oh, did our yeah. dad's funeral. You That's can right. look her up. She was in the news a lot this summer. Is that right? Yeah, she was. Boy, her name is Bowser, cool. huh? Mm-hmm. She was very nice. Yes. And very, very helpful. Yeah. And the perfect person to enter our lives at a horrible moment. She was incredible. I'm not yeah. being joking. You should look her up. She's really, really cool. Oh, I'm not joking at all. It's wonderful. Um, I'm more not joking. I I did not remember her name. I I apologize. We hung out one time and we have stayed friendly. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I know that you've got uh, arteries in your your thighs. That's approximately where the holes are on this man. And they are about an inch and a half in diameter. They are true blue holes cut Mm. into him. According to some sources, seemingly also cauterized. Hmm. Like a, this, this, here's a dork thing to say like a lightsaber it's like somebody poked a lightsaber mm-hmm. through his chest and yeah, it left like a gaping hot. hole yeah and yet there was no 
aside from the blackened flesh right. around it, no blood at all, hmm. which by the way, no nothing, hollowed out. And because there were only holes the in the exterior of his skin, guy? one also by his belly button, it's said that there must have also been some sort of a sucking device, a right. sucking apparatus that emptied this man. Uh, this is evidently a true... I, listen, I saw photographs of it, so I believe this is true. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. yeah, but what the hell happened? I, I don't know. There, there are... Um, uh, so this, this website here... I'll give the 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 website itself where the article is because I, I we should cite our sources. I just want to be careful with where people get mm-hmm. the article itself. I gave you the name of the article. Here's the website, alienvideo.net. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can put two and two together if you feel you must see this. But so um, within their article, they have a, a lot of um, hypotheses of what was going on here. One is that the holes were made at strategic points on the body and executed with speed and the application of quote heat or lasers because all of these things supposedly happened while the victim was still alive. Remember that the cause of death was cardiorespiratory arrest caused by extreme pain. This person was tortured to death. Um, uh, Alienvideo.net goes on to hypothesize similarities between this case and cattle mutilation which are very similar. Yeah. Um, as well as the reason uh, why any human organization, government or otherwise, why would a person do this to someone and then leave the body in public to be found? Right. Which right. it was. I don't think I quite mentioned that. It was found at a reservoir. Yes, you did. Yes. Um, so if you're trying to get away with murder, you don't leave the body out. If you're not trying to get away with murder, you just leave it wherever, you? I guess. Yeah. And right. What are you doing? And, and to what? purpose is this that's why i i and it's weird but alienvideo.net goes on to say like a lot of things that are outlandish Mm -hmm. but they're all because of this if you're killing someone like this it feels almost so brutal and swift and clinical Mm -hmm. it's not about the identity of this person in a way it's about their physiology. Yeah, it sounds like it. And so that is... a lot is... going on involving the outside and the inside yes. of this human's body. Yes. Um, so they're, uh, uh, they posit that uh, could it perhaps be a um, an alien robot mm-hmm. that did it because it was, it would, that would mean that it was also right. done with, by some being without morals. Which oh, is a bridge I mean, too far. That is a bridge too far. I but mean, again, this is from alienvideo.net. So. <laughs> already saying that it's an alien that did it is a bridge too far. Correct. But like an alien without, like the aliens, whatever. If I think one of the things that's frightening about aliens mm-hmm. is the idea that um, they look at us the way that we look at. Like bacteria. Yeah. Like something to just be studied. Yes. So I thought you were going to say, and I'm sure people think this too, that it was aliens studying the human body. Right. But it's goofy to say like, well, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? If like, you're already gonna, yeah. ready to believe in aliens, why are you saying that they would be squeamish? Right. Too squeamish to do this. Yeah. Who, who the hell knows what they would or wouldn't do? Yeah, totally. I, I mean. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I I typically am not um, really engaged by stories of UFOs. Mm-hmm. I just think that even if you, you know, we've all played that hypothetical game of like, do you think there are UFO or are aliens somewhere out there? And everyone is always like, well, given the infinite possibility, probably yes. Yeah. And it's like, 
Yeah, it's one thing to say intellectually, aliens are probably out there. It's another thing to be like, what are they doing? And are they scary to you? I don't really find them that scary. Signs is the closest I've ever gotten to finding aliens eerie. I mean, you know, the unknown sometimes is scary. So they could be scary, but I don't know right. enough what's going on to be scared. Fair enough. This story scared me. That's very scary. All of this. The, the chupa chupa lights, the sucker sucker lights, the vampire lights, and this guy. This scares me because this... If you, if you take it at face value that this is alien related, and admittedly, I have to allow myself, I truly, I have to give myself the allowance uh -huh. to say, sure, aliens. But once I do that, once I'm playing in that yeah. ball game, and it starts telling me a story about beings from other planets that can visit us and have no care mm -hmm. for our lives they don't care that you and i are brother and sister yeah they care that we are some of those animals on that planet that are mysterious to them mm -hmm. and boy wouldn't it be great to figure out how they work yeah what what's inside them so you know i find that scary because it's so cold right and it, it also by the way it these is are like, like metaphors being a machine, it's like being of. a machine yeah it's cold it's also like but it's not like being a machine because this is what we do to animals. Yeah. This is what we do to like our food. Like, and uh, you in know, that I'm, way, we are kind of like machines. We yeah. just do it. I'm not trying to preach. I, I no, used I to know. be a vegetarian, but not for years. But like, yo, this is what we do to all the animals we eat. Yeah. And, and in that way, we are as. Yes. As cold as yeah. an alien robot. Yeah. As they exactly. say. But exactly. like, it, it is, it is horrific to have this like uh, taking of a life and evisceration um, because you can convince yourself that you're doing it for a greater purpose. Mm, and I yeah. think that's also what we're doing by personifying whatever attacker is here yeah. of like, well, maybe they were, it was for the intellectual pursuit of understanding. That's also a leap, you know? Yes. So what is the non-alien hypothesis for what happened? There's not a great non-alien hypothesis. Man. I mean, it, it, the facts are, are truly as basic as, yeah. um, Part what of it, it is? like it could be animals, I guess, is one of the things. Like I, I How think could it be that animals? boring a hole, eating a hole through you, and then climbing inside you. Okay, right, but that's I don't know that that circular it's a like, hole with like you know singe marks. Kristen, they're like, like perfect circles. What I saw in this photograph, yeah. So they're like perfect circles. I, yeah, I, don't know. I know. There are a million animals. Maybe there's an animal that can yeah. do that. that I also, know just because something is inexplicable doesn't mean it couldn't have happened. You yeah. Know? That's the thing that I personally lean on, where mm -hmm. it's like people thought that aliens built the the pyramids. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. right. No, like leverage. Yeah. Leverage and uh, 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 utilizing slave labor mm -hmm. and just throwing people at it. And simple tools, you can get remarkable things. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not willing to jump to aliens, but certainly like uh, investigating this. Here. Does it not? It does not say alien here. Really? I don't know what it is. Oh. I don't know what it is. All right. Well, then the case but is still open. I don't say open. alien. Kristen, the case is still open. Yeah, I'm willing to, to entertain and have some floopy feelings, but this one doesn't feel floopy to me. Okay. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, there's some other discussion. Very the scary. But not floopy. I think there's some sort of logical explanation. This truly is the first time I've found like an alien story scary yeah, in a long time. Scary. Um, there's discussion um, otherwise in the article uh, where they really get into the alien agenda and uh, positing that there could be multiple different kinds of extraterrestrial races fighting with Earthlings all the time. I mean, you can posit anything. Uh, you could just say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, and I don't see any 
whatever. That's exactly what they do at the end of the article about this guy. I mean, just like them saying, you know, what was the hairy creature's um, mouths for? Holding lasers. Right. Right. Holding like, lasers, Where does they this said. come from? Yes, holding lasers, they say. That's what they said. I didn't even think about that. Yes. People are getting shot with lights here. Yes. Yes. Maybe they're to blame. Maybe they are, but also there wasn't evidence put in put forth about why that was you can just say anything yeah or that their spaceship has hutches for right the creek you know whatever True, but yeah they they evidently the autopsy claims that the fastest way that you could have removed the victim's organs was with a sucking device mm-hmm. which is also weird yeah you know if it's just a person doing that um people do weird horrible things though so the theory here did somebody crank up the intensity on the chupa chupa lights right which used to hit you and burn you and give you a small puncture did they dial up the intensity and blast a hole with the chupa chupa lights, the vampire lights, the sucking lights, which suck the organs out of this guy. And by the way, once again, did not anticipate getting to this guy. Right, right. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Two of Fabrizio's stories became the same story. Yeah. Inexplicably to me. Um, and what the hell has been happening in Brazil all these decades? Again, they say that people have been getting infected by lights since the early 1950s all the way up to 2009 at least. At Crazy. least. And your earliest story about UFOs was mm-hmm. 54. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're all one and the same. Maybe. But, you know, uh, uh, regardless, Brazil appears to be alien central. Mm-hmm. And it's worth Sounds pointing like out it. that Fabricio Martins has drawn us up as just the sort of adventurers ah. who could get to the bottom of that case. That's right. And we either did Sorry right now. Sorry to fail you, Fabrizio. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, we, yeah, no. we solved everything. Yeah. <laughs> we, solved, we solved it all. Sorry we didn't live up to your painting. It only took an hour. <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. We cracked it. No, there you go, everybody. Yeah. Those are some wild stories straight out of Brazil. Very, very cool. Thank you again to Fabrizio for inspiring that and also suggesting it. Yeah. Really, really awesome. And thank you to you all for listening. If you want more from us, you can go to gttupod.com where you can find links to our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. You could also just go to it directly at patreon.com slash gttupod, where if you donate $4 or more per month, you get a bonus episode of the show every single month. Actually, if you're listening to this in real time, that bonus episode is coming out on the same day because it's yeah. released on the 13th of every month. So there's a whole separate secret podcast that has been going for 15, 16 episodes over a or year. something. Yeah. yeah, that you could get access to over there. You also get access to a Discord where you can talk to other really, really awesome listeners of Guides of the Unknown all the live long day as well as Will and I and we do a live stream on the first Sunday of every month where we plan out the next month of shows so you can give us input the way that Fabricio did in the chat over there or the way that any number of other people have and you can shape the show yourself and or know what's coming before everybody else does. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. then you can you can tease and tantalize people. Yeah, that's right. I know something you don't know. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much to Fabricio Martins for drawing wild artwork yes. of Kristen and myself. You can find Fabricio's work at fmartus on Instagram. That is f.m.a.r.t.o.u.s.e.e. Mm-hmm. on Instagram. Check the show notes for a link directly there. Thank you so much, Fabricio. Super cool. Hope you enjoyed us covering these stories. Yeah. And thank you for opening my eyes to Operation Saucer. Yeah, I had no idea. Wahoo. 
really All right, everybody, follow at GTTU pod all over the place to stay up to date with what we're working on. And you can even reach out to Kristen and myself. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. And I am at The Myth Traveler. So we will see you all next week when we take a trip to a foggy, frightening, secluded little town. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go with Or a different world. Mm, yeah, mm. the underworld. A silent world. We certainly must travel. Mm-hmm. Travel to hell. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> <laughs>